Hi, and welcome to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries. I help athletes and business professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas from psychology to strategy and execution, but we focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behaviors. And of course, to gain key insights that you can apply to your own life. Welcome to the Confinement Series. These episodes are recorded for you from Germany in times where all the nations have taken strict measures to stop spreading the coronavirus. With this new and unique situation, many of us are challenged to live in conditions that they are not used to which is why I'm bringing experts in different fields to give advice and intel on how you can manage your everyday, your health physically and mentally, your relationships, your business and your emotional well-being. So without further ado, our next guest. Douglas, how are you? Good, how are you? How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I had a nice um, chill morning. Took it easy on a Monday. Usually it's a roller coaster, usually on Mondays, but I took it easy. Uh, I had a walk in the forest, and um, but I worked yesterday, Sunday, so <laughs> I was a well-deserved <laughs> Monday off. How nice. about you? I know we warmed up a little bit before, um, but yeah, if you can share with us a little bit, how, how are you today? What were you up to? It would be great. Yeah, I am... Um... I started my day quite early because I wanted to get a, a lot of painting done. I'm, I'm working on a few series of paintings. Um, uh, part of one of them is something that I think we'll discuss a little bit more, uh, but it's basically a practice of making um, a painting a day or drawing a day during the quarantine, um, which I share that on Instagram. And it's kind of produced all this great feedback from different people. But that exercise is really helpful to to kind of set the intentions, if you will, of the day and, and check in with myself. So I did that and then I had a series of meetings, um, which is kind of strange because my my life has become much more social, even though we're we're doing the social distancing. And of course, as everything is remote, it's just, you know. Um, was it remote meetings or face-to-face? No, no, remote meetings. Um, everything right. is, you know, Zoom or text messages and so forth. But um but in general, it's just very kind of strange for me because my life, uh, I guess the term that, you, that people are using now is my life is actually really quarantine. <laughs> um, I like to call it monastic. Um, and part of it is just that, you know, being an artist, you kind of tend to be in the studio by yourself. And I paint every day. So it's, that's kind of the schedule of my day. And then everything else falls outside of that. Um, so it was a very kind of active day with meetings and checking in with people and people checking in with me, that kind of thing. It's strange, isn't it? Like now that we are socially, or like people call it social distancing, but I would like to call it rather physical distancing, right? Yeah. So we're yeah. not socially distanced, but thing. physically, you know. And uh, instead of quarantine, I would say, <laughs> it sounds a little bit cheesy, but... Um, retreating for wellness <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think when you do it mindfully it can become that um yeah. and it's been an interesting journey because it, there's a like when i started this there was that that pressure of it being forced upon mm-hmm. us you know like you know because a lot of the times you know when i've done retreats or people i know 
there's a, a ramping up and a preparation and then a willfulness, right? Like you want to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where I've been, even for myself, there's been a little bit of a tension of going, wait, I wasn't prepared. Like, should I go panic buy? Should I go, you know, what should I do? And, and being in Bali, which is not my home, mm -hmm. has also been a little bit strange because, you know, not, I mean, I've been to Bali many, many times, but not, um, not familiar with what the protocols are. And then I started panicking like, well, what happens if this, how do I get information? How do I do that? You know, it's all that sort of thing. Um, right. So leading up to today, it's just been this incredible roller coaster ride <laughs> mm -hmm. where now there's a flow, um, but I'm, I'm afraid that my flow in, includes a lot of uh, social interactions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, when I'm more accustomed to being, you know, in in self isolation or, or actually just as you creative say, mode, yeah, creative, but also re retreating internally, like mm. because of my practice is much more of a reflection of, of okay. um, my internal practice. So, so what are you specifically doing in Bali? Why are you in Bali right now? Um, well, I came uh, to process a loss of um, somebody who I loved and, and meeting up with people in Bali for that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and and I, just, I was in Jakarta for an exhibition that I was preparing. Um, and in between the break, before the opening, I came to Bali and was meant to just pick up some things and then, <laughs> and then go back to Jakarta when the whole kind of lockdown, you know, the pandemic was declared. Um, and then I had a choice. Um, if you, you know, it felt, I didn't think of it at the time as a choice, um, but I, I realized that I could have probably done more if I wanted to, but I, it was a reluctance and a um, pushback. So part of, part of it was really tapping into how I was feeling and what I was thinking. And then realizing that I did make a, choice by saying no i'm going to stay here in bali um right. even though i was very unfamiliar with certain things but it was a kind of a mindful decision at, at some point around that um, so yeah. and then i just kind of decided to stay which is <laughs> now an indeterminate amount of time mm. and we don't know nobody knows certainty is absent right now nobody i guess knows. let's just live in the present you said a couple of things that i pinned which is I'd like to go back to yes go ahead first please yeah which is um, I just want to, you know, like just what you said is is kind of really fascinating because um, a lot of the things of my practice have to do with impermanence. Mm. Um, and that's something, you know, is, is an interesting thing, like as much mindfulness as we bring to certain practices in our daily lives, when we get sometimes pushed from the outside, it, it can rattle the cage, if you will. Um, and so part of what I've been trying to do well, being here is, is to go back to the foundations of my practice and, and specifically my art practice, mm -hmm. um, but also my Zen practice and, and trying to think about, you know, like this idea of impermanence, which is kind of on some levels is the antidote, if you will, to the, the desire, the need for certainty. Um, and what I mean by that is just like surrendering to the fact that everything is impermanent, good, bad, you know, okay things that everything just kind of will become impermanent at some point um nothing is I, final know, nothing is final yeah right yeah. yeah and and i think that that really has helped me 
think through this condition, of, mm. you know, in this new reality. I'm pinning a lot of what you're saying now because there's a lot of things that we can go back to, but I just feel like um, we should start with introducing ourselves so people know who they are listening to. I mean, of course, I'm going to put that on the bio and everything, but how about we start with that and then we go back to these things that I pinned because I think they are very relevant not only to your life, but to and the, the, the conditions and circumstances that you have been going through recently, you said, but also to what's going on right now in the world and um, the surrender and the process and like processing things and tapping into feelings and thinking uh, all of that. So Douglas, where are you usually based? Um, <laughs> that is a tricky question. Uh, the short answer to it is I'm, I'm based out of my suitcase. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have a studio in Japan and I have another one in, in Thailand. Mm -hmm. The one in Bangkok is my main studio. Um, but I should say, yeah, I'm, my name is Douglas Diaz and I'm an artist. Um, uh, started practicing art about five or six years ago. Um, before then, I did a whole lot of other things, uh, all sort of related to the creative fields. Um, but the major distinction between that life and this life is that um, in the other one, I was doing things uh, within structured environments that have to do with either teaching or working in, in companies and other structures, addressing really kind of client work. Um, and the big shift of my art practice has to do with uh, deep dives into myself and trying to understand who I am and um, kind of really tapping into the idea of of the self and the creation of the self. Um, so unearthing why I do certain things, you know, what my taste is and like what my beliefs are and kind of questioning all of that. Um, so that's really the kind of large divide in my, my life up to now. Um, and, and I, you know, sorry, there's a certain amount of mindfulness in the, in the way that I go about my days now. Um, but it's all really kind of, on some levels, it's kind of very self-centered um, meaning that it's really about myself and, and trying to get to the like, kind of human kernel, um, which could be shared with other people as well, right? I mean, art is also a practice of creating and expressing things that, that you share, um, but it really kind of centers from experiences that I have. So mm -hmm. that's who I am. Okay. So what was the uh, trigger to that journey? Like I said, five, six years ago, was there something specific? <laughs> crisis it's always crisis um uh -huh. <laughs> i think it's um it, it really kind of started it was a slow burn um and that's the kind of amazing thing when i look back at it there was nothing specific that created a tipping point it was just much more of this kind of gradual re realization that as as much as i was uh, successful, for example, in the, in the corporate environment, or I was teaching and, and moving up to the ranks of, of, you know, becoming potentially a professor um, at the university level. It, none of those things I realized had, were giving me that kind of inner satisfaction and in, in answering questions that I was starting to have. Um, but the problem with it, you know, with it being gradual is that you basically adapt to the situations and to the levels of discomfort. And then, you, you know, what I found myself doing was realizing that I, 
I, I didn't understand why and how I got to be where I was, uh, surrounded by certain things. You know, I was making choices in my life that, that seemed incredibly logical from the standpoint of what had happened before, but it didn't reflect the kind of inner conflict that I was starting to have. Um, and on paper, it looked all great. You know, I was just getting married. I was um, had an apartment. I was traveling, had vacations, was making money, getting accolades at work and all those sorts of things. But it, increasingly, it was just becoming emptier and emptier. Um, and to the point where I was lucky enough to have a, a partner at the time that really kicked me in the butt and just said, why don't you quit? Why don't you find out what you really want to do? Like, don't do it for me. Just, just do it for yourself. Like, your happiness is more important than anything else. And that set into motion this whole quest, um, which took about a year and a half. So that's what I mean. Like, there was no real specific tipping point. Looking back at it, I realized I was in crisis. It was just a, a mitigated crisis. Right? And I think a lot of people can probably identify with that. Right? There's there's a series of small things that eventually it's like the shoe the lock in your shoe right mm -hmm. you can keep walking up the hill but eventually it just starts to <laughs> to get annoying right when uh, were you thinking then when you started that like was it like it's sure let's get quit and get get started or or and see what well, was the vision clear uh no you know it, well actually it's a it's a funny story um well i think it's funny maybe other people might not find it funny but um I uh, was talking to a friend and, and, um, and I, you know, so after my partner said that I, I spent two days really a angry at her because she was right and I didn't want to be wrong. Um, and then I just walked into the office and I quit. Um, I was an associate partner in this firm and I just didn't, I just quit, which was an incredibly <laughs> impulsive decision um, with no plan, no idea. And so a friend of mine asked me, you know, what was going on? I explained that I quit. And then I guess I was, there was a certain amount of shame in having done that without any kind of thinking. And then they asked me, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to move to Hawaii and build houses for poor people. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. That's really incredible. But what are you going to do for yourself? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is an incredible thing. Like, you know, build houses for poor people. And she was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's tons of people who are poor that need housing, but why you? And the more she kept asking that question, like, why? Like, why would I do that? Why isn't somebody else doing it? Like, how does that, what does that give me? And I, you know, had created this myth in my head that, that this kind of purpose in life that I needed to have had to be about helping others. But in that process, I was neglecting myself. And she aptly pointed out that while it's very beautiful to do that, it's actually also very difficult to engage in, in a practice like that where you just give and give and give and don't replenish and you don't get anything back. So her question took about a year and a half for me to answer. And it was completely serendipitous. I, I was in Japan um, on a long vacation and met this incredible man who is, a, is an artist. Um, 
in watching him practice art made me realize that this is a practice that I needed to do. And you were into you were into art before that, right? You were um, practicing sort of. No, I wasn't practicing at all. Um, in fact, this person didn't even know that I made art at all. Um, uh -huh. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't know I made art. <laughs> um, you know, I just played around with stuff, but it was nothing any serious. And so what seemed like another impulsive move to quit everything that I was doing and then, you know, eventually start making art actually had to do with the fact that this practice of art was something that I was doing for myself. It had nothing to do with anybody else. I was actually not even showing the work. I had no intentions of, of it being anything. Like I could have not imagined this conversation or doing the work or having exhibitions or anything. It was just something that I knew that I did because it felt good. And everything inside of me aligned to that practice. And it was, you know, my life entirely changed. I was a night person before, I stayed up all night, that sort of thing. I was waking up at five in the morning to paint for a few hours before anything else happened. Um, I started meditating. Uh, all I can think about was getting back to that art practice. Um, but there was no great vision of, I'm going to do this to try to help people or you know, transform my life. It was, no, it was just something that eventually evolved where I made a painting in, in, a, and in Japan, somebody asked me to explain why that painting was the way that it was. And it was a painting about fear. And the way that I made it was that I was trying to make myself afraid as opposed to painting a picture of something that made me afraid, like a dog chasing me or something. I actually tried to get my body to experience fear and then use a pencil <laughs> to scribble. So there was a direct connection between the way that I was experiencing fear and then the expression I was manifesting. And as I'm explaining this in English to a crowd of Japanese people, um, I noticed that everybody was crying. Really? Wow. And I was crying. And, I, and then I asked them through the interpreter, why were they crying? And this woman stood up and, and said, you know, through the interpreter that she was crying because she can feel the fear and it resonated with her own fear, even though our fears are very different. Um, and then right then and there, I knew that, that to make art that had that level of honesty had the potential to resonate with people and make them experience things that maybe it was taboo or difficult for them to get to. So that was um, a pivotal moment. Yeah, that, and that was probably the, the moment of clarity of, okay, I, I need to paint mm. for myself but I also need to share it. And the more honest I am about it, like the, if I can capture that, that moment of how I painted that painting of fear, mm -hmm. then, then there's something that is not about pretty pictures. It's not about a representation of something. It's actually the embodiment of it. Mm -hmm. And that potentially with that, you could, you know, you can have an experience that maybe resonates with somebody else. Um, and then you can touch them. Uh, and, and then I've had, you know, since then I've had moments like that with other people and, and throughout exhibitions and, and so forth. And, and that's what I've kind of come to understand is 
don't know if it's my purpose, but it's um, it's definitely a kind of a vision for how to make the work that I make. I see. I wanted to ask you before, um, why why painting? Why painting? Is painting specific um, for you, or like is painting something has been something more special for you? Like why not like I don't know an artist of sculpture or or mm. uh, music even? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know the the thing is that when when I was in in Japan uh, when I met that that man who eventually became my shisho, um, which is a Japanese word for master. Um, it's a, you know, it was interesting because he gave me pencil and paper. And, and it, you know, my first, you know, I don't know, my first hundred drawings were, <laughs> were absolutely awful. Um, and, you know, nothing to share, nothing to see. Um, but what it did was it, it reconnected me with something, with a moment in my life where I was the happiest, which was when I was a little kid and I was using pencil and paper. It was just very basic and elemental. Um, and so for the next three or three years, three and a half years, I only did pencil on canvas or paper. Um, and it's just because it was like a very, very fundamental expression. Um, mm -hmm. And it reconnected with this thing that I did when I was a, a little kid. I mean, if you would have given me crayon, it probably would have had a similar kind of reaction. Um, but I was deathly afraid of paint um, when I was a, both when I was a kid, but also um, about up until three years ago, I was really afraid of paint because paint seemed, seemed very permanent. Um, and I think the graphite just had these kind of childhood nostalgic reasons for it. But as an expression, what was interesting, and, and I think this is where your question is, why that form of expression, why not something else? Um, for me, it, it's a very private thing. Uh, whenever I use, uh, whenever I paint, or or even if, if I do it like in a live painting kind of scenario where you know, there's like a hundred people, um, it's a practice in where I forget that there's a world around me, um, and it's it's this thing that grows out of me. Um, and I guess if I would have grown in a grown up in a musical family where I was giving an instrument, for example, I would have probably had that same sort of thing. Um, but when I was a kid, I was given or I had access to a pencil and, and paper, and I would spend hours upon hours drawing by myself. So it's always been a practice of, of me encountering myself. Expression. Right? Yeah. And it's, a, it's an incredible expression because it, you know, people ask me this all the time, like, you know, you've had many lives before. You were an architect, you were a professor, you were all this and that. And now you're an artist. You know, will you become something else? And, and the answer to that is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just that right now, this is the expression that allows me to like, kind of frame the world in the mm -hmm. way that I wish and in how I wish to be in that world. Mm -hmm. um, it could be anything else if I were talented. <laughs> um, right. But, and, and I, I do dabble every once in a while in sculpture, but it, but I realize it's not, um, it's not my default. Because I remember when we met, you were uh, not doing painting, I think. You were more in um, yeah. the drawings, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, completely, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Good to see how things evolved and how your expression, expression um, 
evolved, I'd say. That's the word that came to mind now. I wanted to ask you about that journey. How was that journey for you? Like uh, from the moment where you had that uh, sort of shift and, and mm -hmm. maybe vision um, in Japan, when you described the moment where you expressed or spoke about the fear to the crowd that was around yeah. you. How, how was that journey so far? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, it, you know, like with any journey, um, there are ups and downs and there's uh, a lot of things that kind of happen along the way. Um, you know, and, then, and you can kind of insert all, all kind of cheesy metaphors or you know, hallmark sayings or, you know, or, you know, uh, kind of silly expressions to, to talk about the difficulties and the challenges in overcoming them. But, but to be honest, um, what I found when I first started drawing in that way is that I, I found a place within myself that I can be who I really am. Like there was a level of honesty there because there was nobody else, right? I wasn't doing it to sell it. I wasn't doing it for anybody that gave me accolades or anything. I was just doing it because I felt I needed to do it. And that has allowed me to weather any kind of aspects of the of this journey. So one of the most challenging things, believe it or not, is actually when when you start to get some level of quote unquote success. Right. Like when, when people start to say, Oh my God, your drawings are amazing. Or, you know, do you want to have an exhibition? And, and within a year or two of starting to paint, I, you know, I found myself doing five exhibitions a year. Um, and so it's very easy to, to kind of get caught up in, you know, when people start to say, Oh my God, this is amazing. And so forth, because you're, it's very easy to get lost and to lose your own path and to lose your own voice. And so that's been something that I've been trying to stay very mindful of is to, is to say, okay, I know you like this and this might be selling or people might really want this, but I need to move on from that expression or that, that, that style. And, you know, and it's the same thing of like, after a while, everybody's like, oh, you're the guy who does black and white, you know, do massive drawings and with pencil. And it was very easy to say, yeah, that's what I do. But at some point, my, my journey was pushing me to change. And when you make that change, there's a lot of fear because you don't know where it's going. But that's when you, you know, for me at least, that's when I actually will retreat back into myself and say, okay, I, I remember this feeling of uncertainty, um, this feeling of, of the risk that you're going to take. And, and that's when I use that moment to kind of jump into the next step. Um, you know, it, sometimes you fail, right? It kind of falls incredibly flat. And sometimes it works out really well. Um, it's really challenging when, with an art practice to know what is successful and what isn't. Um, because once again, success isn't measured because people want to hang it on their houses and they, they use for it. Um, success for me looks like have I evolved as a human being by making that? Did I, was I able to express something that I couldn't express before? And so I've, along the way, I've kind of built a series of uh, guidelines for what allows me to kind of evolve and know that you know, this direction is something to pursue or, or isn't something to pursue. 
Um, and I think that's something that's very personal for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Then you mentioned also a couple of times the word process, like it's a process of painting uh, that you do like in every day right now with this project you have mm-hmm. been in Bali, but also as a process of, um, I guess, dealing with um, self, dealing with crisis, dealing with identity. Could you, could you explain more? How, how do you do that process? Or what does that process represent for you? How, how, what's your approach? Yeah, that's- that's a really good question and i think very kind of timely you know the the thing that's the thing that's probably the hardest to to decipher right is is who are we at any given moment right that, that question of our, around identity and what i've done is is pretty much anytime i start a project or even when i start a painting most often i ask myself that question like who am i today um, not taking for granted that yesterday it was this, there's no reason why this should be continuous to today. Um, and so in my meditation before I start painting, uh, which consists of like basically 20 minutes roughly of breathing and, and counting my breath um, and allowing thoughts to come and go. Um, and I do that largely to try to move away from images of what a painting should look like. Um, and I use that to check in with my emotions. Um, and so this is a practice that I've been now doing for f- five, six years, um, which is almost daily of, of checking in and saying, okay, what am I feeling right now? And, and you know, where is that emotion and the feeling? Like, where do they overlap? Uh, sometimes that, that becomes incredibly clear after a really short amount of time, but often it lasts about 20 minutes. And then I, as soon as I like, can really sense where it's going, I let go and I start painting. Um, and then the painting itself is this process of really putting in the visual form what my emotions and my feelings are. And so it becomes, is a very, that's what I was saying, is a very kind of self-centered practice because it, it's, it's like a mirror that's actually revealing who I am at this instant. Um, I've evolved the practice to the point of now saying, okay, I'm going to develop a theme around a body of work. So, you know, uh, last year I was very interested in, in the relationship between the masculine side and the feminine side that we all have within us. Um, and so there's traits within the masculine and feminine, for example, and, and they have to do with you know, creativity, intuition versus rational, um, you know, your power and so forth. And so I've used that kind of larger theme to explore what does it mean to be Douglas, right? So how does Douglas manifest intuition versus how does Douglas manifest um, his rational thinking? Um, and I use that to undermine and, and question those things, not taking it for granted. It's almost like making sure I turn over all the little rocks. Um, but the process is one where it's always a challenging um, and you kind of have to become a little bit comfortable with the idea that you're being questioned and challenged. But, you know, the, the thing that, so the genesis of that came from this notion that I was operating so much with defaults of who I was that I, for, I even lost track of who is the real Douglas. Like at, at some point, the Douglas became, you know, he's 
this X person, right? You know, husband, uh, brother, son, uh, you know, associate partner, like all these kind of labels. But when I sat by myself and I started to say, well, do I really even like chocolate? Do I even really like living in New York? Mm-hmm. I, I realized I didn't know the answer to those things genuinely. I can track the genealogy of how I got there, mm-hmm. but I could have not told you specifically, is that really what I wanted to do? So what my art practice is, is exactly an extension of that kind of questioning. But instead of the unsettling nature of it, I realized, well, every day I can come up with a new answer to that. And that's who I am that day. So it is a form of, it's a process to get answers or is it a process to release uh, whatever emotions are there or a little bit of both depending on situation? It's actually, is actually there in the areas of both um, because you, you, you get answers, but there's not answers as in, the kind of thing that you want to, or that you can build a foundation in, in the house with, you know, like sometimes I do come back to the same kind of answers over time, but I realized that there was a variation in, in the context of that answer kind of changed. And the same thing with emotions. I think, you know, like, especially as, as men, we tend to think of, of emotions as things that need to be addressed. Right? Like if I'm sad, well, we need to cheer you up and, get back to being happy, right? And, you know, and so when you're in a relationship, for example, with a woman, you know, and that person is going through something and they say something to you, you want to address it and you want to make them feel better and you, you know, those sorts of things, as opposed to saying, well, let's just experience this, right? Mm-hmm. right. And so what I've, what I've been doing is trying to say, okay, today I'm sad. I don't need to know why I'm sad. I'm mm-hmm. just going to experience this and allow it to pass through me and that urge that you know it's a you know kind of the masculine energy to do something rational if you will with it i actually just let it out on paper or let it out on canvas with paints or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be and so that's been the kind of technical process of it but what it really is about is is getting comfortable with the process of becoming like you're you know, there's no, for me, there's no such thing as being. You're always just becoming something. You know, and, and throughout your entire life, throughout my entire life, you know, I can see this trajectory. I've, I've been many different things, but I'm not any of those specific instincts. It's just an accumulation of it. And so all of it becomes, is the becoming of who I am now. Um, but I would change tomorrow. And at some point, um, for me, what's been really helpful is to become comfortable with that. Mm, I see. Very interesting, very interesting. I'm taking notes while we speak. So it's a form of expression. It's um, a way to find answers. It's, it's a way also to become. So like uh, through, through that process, you become. There's becoming in it. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm going away from... Yeah, and the, the thing that's interesting is that, you, you know, I think that the difference, you know, going back to this question around purpose and vision, because I've never set out to have either one of those. Um, sometimes I think that's a kind of mistake, but, you know, who knows? Um, the becoming never arrives, mm-hmm. right? 
because you, you I'm not aiming towards something, but I, I guess you one could use this to say, okay, I'm going to make these small adjustments to say, you know, I'm going to become more in tune with my emotions. I'm going yeah. to uh, become more compassionate. You know, I, I don't have those kind of goals. Um, mm. You know, if anything, uh, I'm just trying to engage in whatever flow occurs and try to experience it as best to my ability. Yeah. You know, that's kind yeah. of, in, in Zen, this is that notion of like, um, you, you don't, you don't try to be enlightened. You don't, you don't try to have reached Nirvana, but you aim right. in that direction, right? There's a kind of a, a guiding light that drives you how you get there. How does the road change? Like, do you even get there? Like, all those things are, are outside of the, the scope, if you will. Do you think um, during this uh, interesting times right now of um, mm -hmm. confinement and quarantine, art could be also used, any form of art, not necessarily uh, drawing or painting, could be used in a, as a way to um, confront, express, um, find answers, and also... I somehow a little bit reflect on what's going on uh, within self. Yeah, and I, I mean this. So to answer that, you know, one thing that I that I got to um, after a few days of of kind of you know of this whole mandate, you know, and, and these instructions of what how we should behave and the new reality, I realized that one of the things I needed to do is ramp up this practice of, of trying to center myself and, and get, you know, like checking in with myself, which is where the, this idea of, of what I call a quarantine uh, drawing per day. Right? Um, so I, I basically make one drawing that's kind of mindful of where I am uh, that day. Um, and then I post that and I've been sharing it and, and it's been really helpful to other people giving their feedback, right? They're telling me that. And some other people have started to do the same practice. And I, I don't think it has anything to do with the idea of drawing per se. I think what it has to do is, is with the mindfulness to check in with yourself and then to express it. Like mm -hmm. not just to sit there and then say, oh, today I'm feeling sad, but actually to let it out of yourself. And kind of have this embodiment so whether that's screaming whether that's you know doing some yoga poses whether it's dancing cooking uh you know calling somebody like any kind of form of expression that allows you to do that it it has the same i think kind of healing properties if you will mm -hmm. and i think what is really important for me in that practice is that is an acknowledgement of the day is an acknowledgement of myself um, and then, you know, in a kind of very strange way, it's an acknowledgement of being alive. Um, so the, the idea, I really wish it was uh, my idea, but it's actually from this uh, Japanese artist named Onkawara. And, and he had this practice for over 40 years until the day he died, where he would send a postcard. He did, a, he did several of these projects, but one, he would say, send a postcard to his friend, to a particular friend that you know, he would identify, and he would just write, um, I am alive, or I'm still alive. 
and he would send us out and he did it for 40 something years every day oh. um another one he did was um i woke up today at and then he would write the time um he would do these other things where he would take a map of the city that he was in and then just draw a pathway of everywhere he walked and then all the people he encountered i know super ocd but um what was a kind of fascinating practice that i that popped into my head you know as this whole thing was going is what does it mean to be alive at this moment how is our body right like how how are we registering the kinds of things that are happening in a world in which it's really shifting where our realities are kind of being displaced and, and then something new is being set upon us um so i thought about wow this is an incredible document like to document this would be an incredible moment but more importantly than that is is actually the kind of health benefits of checking in with myself in in as clear as a way to say this is who i am today mm-hmm. um and you know i started sharing it largely because you know it was also my practice in general of art but what happened after a few days was actually the the responses and, and they're really kind of insane like some people are just like oh that's a really cool idea and you know and the pieces are out for sale so some people have bought them but i, I recently got a message from somebody who works at a hospital in in Boston and they wrote you know through everything that's going on you know being kind of on the front lines of all these things and you know it's it was also just like how i was creating something that they were checking in with and it was a bright light in their day because it took them away from all the things that they were doing so what for me was kind of a lifeline to check in with myself has now extended to other people yeah, there you go that's what we're trying to do also with this uh recording <laughs> yeah, and i and i think that's you know that's something that that for me has been a revelation in, in doing this is that and it goes back to that fear drawing right like i didn't do it to try to connect intentionally with other people i did it mm-hmm. to connect with myself Mm-hmm. And the honesty of doing that and the honesty of that practice resonates with other people. And mm-hmm. you know this is this is something that I I strongly believe if if you do something with earnest honesty with the right kind of intentions it will have resonance with others. And and people can identify with authentic things. Mm-hmm. Um and they can see it like you know the the I became kind of we started interacting you know this person and I about about it and and we started to share our stories of where we were coming from and it's just kind of fascinating to think about the fact that you can make something you know on the other side of the world and somebody's looking at it and connecting with it and it helps them in a way that you didn't imagine that it could Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, I have a question. I have a question. Like now, I'm sure somebody is listening somewhere out there. I hope not, but like yes, I guess there will be someone sitting out there and telling and thinking, "Well, it's the crisis. The world is collapsing. I'm losing my job, maybe, or may not being in touch with the people I love, or just not being able to be out there and feeling free." And you're telling me to sit down and paint or do some art. I mean. 
like they could be seen art as being something you do as a, I don't know, some um, luxury. <laughs> luxury, yeah, yeah. Like you do that when you have time and everything is all right and it's good. Like now we're telling them somehow that art is a form of expression that can help you turn inwards, listen, and be in tune with these emotions and feelings and ask yourself, what are you feeling today? I remember, by the way, that you told me that five years ago. You told me to sit down and think. Those, those words, I never forgot them. What are you feeling specifically? Anyway, there was just a little bracket. Um, yeah, so what do we tell these people that are listening now and thinking like that? I, I, I start with myself. Uh, like, I have to be honest with it also. Like, I don't know if I ever told you, but I did art school, did fine art school. So I used to paint and draw and all that. And I used to oh, take wow. a lot of pleasure in it. A uh, lot of pleasure. And also... Um, it was it was me somehow back in the days to be like I don't know let's call it labeled as an artist somehow, mm-hmm. but I, I lost it I lost it and every time like same with the playing um, music playing bass guitar I used yeah. to play bass guitar and I'm telling you here maybe uh, 16 years ago and uh, since I touched mm-hmm. anything and I want to do it but something is holding me back something is like. Uh, you're probably going to be very bad at it kind of thinking or uh, <laughs> you will feel bad about yourself touching that again. I'm saying this example because I think people may, might relate to that also. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, those, those things are incredibly valid and, in, in, um, you know, there's always the, the judgment, right, that we have uh, for ourselves and which is often more critical than, than the kind of the external, right, or outside judgment. But one of the things that I think is important in, in this moment, um, given everything that's happening, right, the, the biggest thing is that what we are feeling collectively, I, I believe from the things that I've noticed and seen is, is a sense of lack of control, being disempowered, um, being uprooted because our realities have shifted, right? And, and the, you know, there's a lot of people who can speak very eloquently about the, the problems of, of humankind in, in this condition is that we are social creatures and we're being asked to distance ourselves socially. Um, and so what that is creating is a, a huge level of anxiety and panic and it fundamentally underscores the lack of control that we have in, in knowing, right? In the, in the understanding of that. So I'm, what I'm advocating for is reconnecting to yourself so that before you act, whether that's you know, rushing out and buying more toilet paper or you know, uh, freaking out because you can't go do something, is what I'm advocating for is just to check in with yourself and to ask the question, where is that coming from? And in that process of, of giving yourself, you know, in my case, right, like when I, when I paint, it could be 10 minutes. Um, it could also be three minutes. Right? I'm not saying that you sit there and, and you meditate because I, I find that to be a very daunting thing to ask somebody who's going through this to sit and meditate for 20 minutes. What I'm saying is, spend five, 10, 15 seconds checking in with yourself 
And when you encounter yourself, you say, okay, I am afraid. Well, why am I afraid? What is happening? And I know that sounds really stupid and it, and it might be even really kind of simple or elemental. And you might come up with the same answers all the time. But the idea of checking in with yourself just creates a pause where you have to acknowledge your being. And, you know, there's, there's people obviously in the front lines of this. There's people in, in hospital beds with loved ones that are sick. And I, I know a few people who have the coronavirus and, you know, they're in different stages going through it. But it's, it's not, and this isn't going to solve it, but what it does is it gives you pause to check in with yourself and, and to acknowledge where you are to then make the next step. And, I, and to me, that's all that we can really do, right? Like the vast majority of people, you know, that are not doctors, that are not in the, in the front line of things, this is what we can do to help bring this level of panic and anxiety down. And so it has nothing to do with how beautiful your drawing is or how great your musical notes are, or, you know, you're going to open up your windows like they're doing in, in Italy and, and sing opera, right? Yeah. It actually isn't. To me, it isn't about those things. I mean, that, that's the human condition and that's the beauty of us. We, we can get to that level. But it really kind of has to start, I think, with tapping into ourselves because if we do that, then we can also begin to see others as human. And then we can begin to say, well, maybe somebody else is also feeling this. So I can reach out to them. I see the parallels. I see a lot of parallels in what you were saying before and what you're saying right now. Like, inwards first so you can help out the others so you can inspire the others you can give to the others yeah and you know i think like what's happened you know even before i started this kind of quarantine drawing a day it it was it was actually you know recognizing that i have friends in different time zones around the world which i know i'm very fortunate to have there and so i i made a mental check if i get really freaked out I can call somebody at midnight. I can call this friend at midnight because they'll be awake. <laughs> if it's three in the morning, I'll call this person, right? And, and just having that mental check allowed me to say, okay, well, I'm not alone mm. in this. And it had nothing to do with, oh, this person is going to be able to cheer me up or calm me down. It was more like, you know, and I never did it. I never called anybody in the middle of the night, but I just knew that I had that. But I would have not thought of that had I not checked in with myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be there if you need to call me. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? Because this, this will, I mean, this is the other thing is like, you know, it, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it'll be two weeks, it'll be a month. And you know, I don't want to scare people who might be listening to this because we don't really know. It, it might yeah. be shorter, it might be longer. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is it, this isn't, a thing of stamina this isn't me bracing myself to see if i can outlast it this is actually me just accepting that i don't know what's going to happen but knowing that i have a foundation within myself that can allow me to endure and, and to and to deal with it mm -hmm. and i think i guess is anything that would be the the reason why to do a practice like that is to give yourself that to say you know, it's a it's a way that I was told about how to deal with claustrophobia, right? Like, whenever you encounter claustrophobia, you know somebody 
a psychologist once told me, well, you didn't die last time you had claustrophobia, so why do you think you're gonna die now? And it sounds so stupid, but when you think of it that way, it helps calm you down. Did I know what you mean? <laughs> because it's just a perception, right? Mm. Uh, and and it's the same thing. Like, well, I was alive yesterday. I'm alive today. That's that's really a lot. <laughs> mm. um, and that's where my practice is. Like this this drawing thing is an acknowledgement. I am alive today. Um, and here's a document of that. Very well, Douglas. Where can people find your paintings? Uh, I guess a lot will be now curious to look at uh, what you create mm -hmm. after um, all this talk about it. Don't, don't judge me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, the best place is uh, Instagram. Um, and my Instagram handle is D, the number two, dot art, A-R-T. So that's D like in Douglas, mm -hmm. number two, two art. Dot Heart. right okay and you're working on the that, that this project i mean this practice that you're doing right now is going to be exhibited also you think or is it just um i don't know you know i, no, I didn't no. think of it as in with that intention um i'm doing i'm doing some other things that at the same time which have to do with this kind of daily process mm -hmm. um but this i i feel like it's it kind of just needs to live in this this space of, right. of um, at this moment, right? Not, not with any kind of further intention. Okay. Do you have uh, or are you into doing live live um, live action like live painting, for example, or drawing? Um, I have done a fair number of them, mm -hmm. uh, and I know that everybody now it seems like you know Instagram live. Mm -hmm. It's become a very, very big thing. Um, I'm a little hesitant to do it, uh, largely because I think it's incredibly boring to see me paint. Um, but I might consider it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, People uh, stay tuned. Maybe he's going to go live. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> master doing his work, his art. Right, Douglas. Thank you so much. That was really, really good. Is there anything else would you like to add before we um, check out? Mm, I would just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to, to talk about what I do, but also to kind of share this perspective. And I hope that anybody out there who uh, might be listening to this and, and kind of feel the need to, uh, to talk, um, send me a message on Instagram. Um, if I'm awake, I'll answer <laughs> right away. Uh, but I usually answer to everybody who, who messages me. And yeah, I mean, art could be an incredibly therapeutic practice, um, you know, and, and incredibly helpful, especially in moments like this. But I think sometimes we get hung up on the on the label of what is art. Um, and that is that is something maybe too far fetched, or only for the talented. Right. Yeah, and that, and I think that's just kind of silly. Like that's just that has nothing to do with, for me, that has nothing to do with what art is. Art is just about expressing yourself um, in whichever form that takes. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even think you need to necessarily share it. So, um, if you're out there and you're hesitant about it, you know, just shake your butt, grab a piece of paper, draw on it. Don't have to share it just expressing yourself 
Um, it's an incredible affirmation of being alive. Excellent, Douglas. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll be talking to you very soon. Yes. Enjoy, enjoy the tropics. Thank you. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for today's conversation. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the key insights that we shared on this podcast interview. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you didn't subscribe yet and head to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com blog to find exclusive articles about various personal and professional development topics. And finally, if you are an athlete or a business professional who's looking for help to advance your career and navigate through whatever challenges that you may be facing to win your game, or if you are a corporate organization who would like to offer their team a workplace well-being workshop, or if you are a sports team who's looking at unlocking their full potential, go to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact button and reach out. Thank you and enjoy your day.